Hello and welcome to another edition of the Showgame Podcast with me, Sean Colfer. Today we are having to split the episode into two sections because frankly it was too long for one section because there's so much going on this weekend. So the first section, this section, is about the mixed division which happened last weekend. We are looking at the National League, the outcome of those games, the two round robins, the National Cup. We now know who the finalists are. Congratulations to Lemmings and Lemmings and congratulations to Thundering Herd who are in the final. So we'll hear some more about the Cup. We're also going to hear from Nathan and Megan, the two captains of Lemmings, at the end of the podcast. So stick with us. We'll talk about mixed and then there will be another episode about open and women's, the things that are coming up this weekend, following shortly. So here we go. Right, I'm joined again by Harry Mason after a couple of weeks off. Harry, how have you been? I have been silently waiting at a microphone for two or three weeks in a row, but it's good to be back. Good. I hope you had food and water during that time, but uh, I'm glad that we're able to get back into it now after what was probably the busiest weekend of Frisbee we've had so far in this new structure uh, with so much going on, right? Oh, I mean, um, round zero and one of the Open Cup was a biggie, but yeah, I feel this one just for how much was happening in so many different divisions was, it was tough to keep track of and we're going to be... do our best to guide you through this, through this, through these games. Yeah, so we're going to start with the mixed national league and then go into the mixed national cup, and then preview a bit of what we have coming up at the weekend, where it's going to be even more chaotic, I imagine. So let's look first at the mixed league. So we saw six games in the mixed league. Uh, there was a round robin between Smog, Mighty Hux, and Deep Space, and then another one between Reading, Birmingham, and Glasgow. So uh, we were talking a little bit just before we started recording. I think the Smog, Mighty Hux, and Deep Space games. Results-wise, went pretty much um, as I expected it to go. Close games all around, really. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, like I thought Mighty Hucks were definitely favourites against Deep Space uh, due to previous results, and that did end up panning out. But Smog, we'd seen their women were strong. We knew that their guys were strong from previous season. It was basically up to them. If they came out firing, it was their first games due to some unfortunate postponements. You know, it was their first games. Would they be able to gel and come out strong from the start and the, and the answer was yes the answer was very much yes they came out strong and they were a very good team yeah obviously they uh, have a lot of pre-existing connections there they have played together a lot so even though they are pretty early in the season I think they they're further along than a lot of teams might be at this stage because of those connections so uh, and like you said their women were clearly really good in the previous weekend and had played uh, three games that weekend not only playing against Bristol and Iceni but also against Scram so uh, yeah it looks as though they're Hitting the ground running, they have Birmingham and, and Reading coming up next time they're playing, uh, or next time there's a mixed weekend, but they are also playing Glasgow this coming weekend. It's the only mixed game happening. Glasgow obviously have had uh, tough starts to the season, so we go into their games. They played against Reading and Birmingham. They were locked down for longer than everyone else, and you know they are coming off a shortened start to the season, uh, but coming off two losses in those first two games. I think Reading beating both Glasgow and Birmingham, again, I would have predicted that would have expected that the Glasgow Birmingham game you know I would have thought would be a close game and, and that certainly bared out yeah I think for Reading it was a little bit just going through the motions of things um two incredibly comfortable wins um we've seen some strong scores in the other divisions uh, in women's and in open these are the first like real dominant double results I've seen in mixed I think and it's it's Reading very much making a statement that they're not just qualifying for nationals, they're expecting to win it through this league. Birmingham, Glasgow, 
maybe Glasgow unlucky this was the first game of the season, but it is what it is. And on the other hand, though, uh, Birmingham said they had quite a few people who it was actually their first game. They got a full strength squad for the first time. Maybe they wish they'd had that for an earlier game. Maybe they could have given Deep Space a bit of a more of a run for their money. But 15-12, and it looks like it wasn't really trading. It was Birmingham took a lead and just kept that narrow lead the entire way. And that shows quite a strong offensive mentality as well to not really give out breaks and to really just grind out a victory. That's going to be a super important thing, particularly as they get to the more critical matchups and even the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. And I think the, uh, like you say, Glasgow coming to that kind of, that game really probably you could say was the most important for them in, in the league. And I, I think you're right. It coming so early is probably poor luck for them, but obviously they have games against Smog and against Deep Space and Hux coming up. So they're going to be looking to try and get some momentum going to build themselves up ahead of what you would likely say at this point is going to be a playoff. The same with, same with Birmingham. They have uh, another game with Smog to come. So uh, we'll see how, how those games go. But I think from here, let's go and talk about the cup and then we'll come back to kind of all of this stuff to talk about the playoffs and what might happen there. So the National Cup happened this weekend as well, the Mixed Cup. And we now know who is in the final and who's in the recovery games and all that kind of stuff. So if we start with the Northern Bracket, we saw Smog 2 play the Brown and Lemmings play Leeds in the first games. And those games went as I expected they would. But I think those results were more comprehensive than I expected they would be. Smog 2 beat the Brown 15-2 and Lemmings beat Leeds 15-4. I did text Lemmings after the game and moan at them because I said that would be a close game and that I was completely wrong, obviously. Uh, but those are two very, very convincing scorelines from those two winners. It is, but we'll talk about it in a second. The next two results were actually quite close, so it seems as if they were maybe not unrepresentative. You know, it didn't seem like Lemmings really, you know, caught leads on the back foot or anything like that. It looks as though they were just a stronger team that weekend. And we don't know if there were some people missing or anything like that but the location was Leeds Leeds had home ground and a 15-4 result even if it's the classic case of the scoreline doesn't reflect the game that means at most the scoreline was probably 15-7 or 15-8 type of game um yeah it's incredibly strong and you know shout out to the Brown that was their first game because they got a bye versus Usburn Social Club and to come out first game and play against Smog 2 in a quarter final that's you want to warm yourself up a bit more before you play that one. The yeah, first game in mixed, at least, in an actual tournament. I think they've had some challenge league and open. Yeah, that's a rough start. Uh, it's a rough start for them. But they were came back and, and pushed Leeds pretty close in the quarterfinal recovery game. Leeds won that 14-10. So they will go to play the recovery game winner in the in the southern half, which we'll talk about in a bit. And then in the semi-final, Lemmings played Smog 2 and uh, Lemmings again made me look a fool. I said that Smog 2 would win the cup and they are out in the semifinals. So Lemmings won that 14-9, which while not an absolute pasting is a pretty comfortable victory. Five points, you know, you take that. It's, it's interesting. Both uh, this Lemmings-Smog 2 game and Leeds the Brown game, it looks like basically the score was settled really early and then traded out. Uh, Lemmings said the half was 8-4 and they won 14-9. And the Brown said that they went down 4-1 and the final result was 14-10. So let that be a lesson to everyone. The, the start of the game matters. You need to come out hard at the start. 
it's so hard to work against a deficit and it takes up so much energy to do so. But yeah, no, full credit to Lemmings. They mentioned Smog's athleticism and how hard they worked, but it just looks like Lemmings have an incredibly strong squad this season. And I'm excited to see in person what they will do. And I, I do not know the last time I'm, you know, we're both fairly good to ultimate historians as far as they go. Have Lemmings qualified for nationals before in your memory, Sean? Yeah, we played them in 18. Pretty sure it was uh, Birmingham Nationals and Heard definitely played Lemmings uh, at that venue. Okay, no, fair enough then. I missed that one. Um, A few surprise names, so maybe they built off that squad. From what they've said, though, they seem to have quite a young team. So I would be intrigued to know if it's an entirely new squad or if it's the 28 team and that experience of Nationals paying off this time around. Yeah, it looks to like be it's a very young team, uh, but I think you know it's that it's that development that they've been doing. Not only are they doing well in in mix, they're doing well in open as well. So as a as a club, they're clearly clearly thriving at the moment. So they're doing really well uh, to bring players through and, and kind of expose them to these really big games and and set them up in positions to succeed. So we've got Lemmings then in the final, and they will play against Thundering Herd after Herd came through in the Southern bracket. So in the quarterfinals, we had. Uh, Heard beating Bristol 15-6 in a game where Heard kind of were able to pull away a little bit uh, as the game went along, kind of established an, an early lead and we were just able to kind of push that through. And then Oxford beating Cambridge. So yes. Harry, you obviously play for Oxford. It was a 15-13 <laughs> win, a very close one. I'm told that Heard finished a bit earlier, went over when it was 13-13. So do you want to talk about that game and the, the tight last couple of points? Yeah, we did... We did see all of Heard and Bristol start to come over, which is a little bit unnerving when your opposition walks over to your pitch. I have no idea which team won out of those ones, but it was such a good game against Cambridge. It's, you know, there's a little bit of, there were a little bit of nerves here and there for one or two throwaways, but I'm someone who's played a lot of high-level ultimate, and that really felt like a high-level ultimate game. Um, I'm super proud of all of my squads, most of whom have never played at nationals or anything like that. They're more sort of the mid-tier um, players you might have seen, but they really showed their stuff. It was just an incredibly solid game. There really weren't any multiple turn points. There weren't, you know, all, there wasn't many inconsistencies. It was just incredibly good offense, incredibly focused offense from both sides. Cambridge took half eight seven. They were slightly up at one point. We came back. We took a break. We were fighting through, it was 13-all, 14-13, and then that final point, bless the D-line that went out, because they saved me a panic attack from having to go out on sudden death, because we got a break in the final point as well. Uh, no one no one likes to have to come out on sudden death, no one wants to have to take a penalty, no one wants to have to go through any of these situations, so thank you so much. The, uh, the Oxford D-line, which I was not on at that point, for saving that extra little bit of stress. But yeah, there was some great connections throughout it's great to see jack lynch back he was a surprise to suddenly see on the opposite team on cambridge and many other players as well they were missing nick wong though and cambridge are an incredibly strong side i we will talk ahead in a little bit but good luck to whichever team ends up facing them in the playoffs i'm very glad it could not be us because i would be very unsurprised to see them at nationals yeah, they're clearly a strong side and 
I, you know, they had a really convincing win in their in their first game. They might be a couple of a couple of players down with smashed, obviously, going forward in the Open Cup. But whoever's in that team is still going to be good. Uh, whoever they play um, in whatever crossover games they they make, obviously, we'll talk about that in a minute. But to move forward to the semi final, um, Oxford played against Hurd, and it was a fifteen eight win from Hurd. You talked a little bit about the um, quality in the Oxford Cambridge game, and they're bringing very few multiple turn points. I know there was. A few multiple turn points in the herd game. Uh, there's one point in particular, I don't remember when it was, but it sounded like there was like six turns each. Um, and I think from from what I've heard from my side, I was not at those games at the weekend. Um, so I was not there to to crush Harry and his uh, his Oxford counterparts. But it sounds like there was um, some extra legs with herd and we just managed to kind of pull out some of those longer points and then get breaks when we needed to and uh, really kind of work the long game. So um, it looks like it was, or it sounds like it was pretty close throughout despite the the 58 final score was that what you felt harry i mean i would say this we had nine guys and seven women so it wasn't particularly small uh squad it wasn't a huge squad heard had many many more people than we did i think it we was had, what, I mean, 12 and 8 is what, I, what yeah. i'm remembering it was it was genuinely a lot more the mental fatigue at least on my part I will also hold my hand up and say I was responsible for most of those turns in the multi-turn point. A couple of them were D's. More of them were for me or no. But um, yeah, it was super tough just to go out. We only had sort of 20 minutes between games. It's a 90-minute game that went right down to the wire and then another 90-minute game. And we just didn't quite have the wearable in our squad. On that day, it was a warm day and some of us maybe weren't feeling in top condition as well. And like I say, we were able to hold it. We were able to put everything in against Cambridge. And I mean, um, I think it's fair to reveal in our chat that um, Jake Waller, who's a Bristol player, was saying he was very surprised to see Hurd win because of the he saw some of the Oxford-Cambridge game. He saw the quality of both of those two teams and was actually sort of backing whoever came out of that one to beat Hurd. But from the sounds of it, Cambridge came out of that game incredibly invigorated and determined to take on Bristol, and we came out of it just sort of sighing and relieved at the job we'd managed to do and then were not able to bring it together. So I would very much like to play Herd again, but we have to make Nationals to do it. They've earned their spot at Nationals, completely fair play to them. We now have a couple really big games ahead of us if we want to have that rematch and you know maybe even do it with a Sean Colbert playing for them again. No, you damn right me on the spot. That's just all, all, all I hear is slander, and I'm not. I'm not about to record this. <laughs> so, in the quarterfinal recovery, uh, Cambridge beat Bristol 15-6. So, Cambridge move forward to the game to go from the quarterfinal. That means they will play against Leeds, and in the uh, other game to go, so the um, with Hucks looking likely to finish in the top three, it looks as though the winner of the Oxford Smog Two game will go straight to nationals. So, let's start talking about crossovers, qualifications, all that kind of stuff. There's obviously different permutations because uh, who knows what's happening in these last games, but I think we have enough at this point to make some solid predictions. So I think top three are mixed. Looks like it's going to be Smog, Reading and Hucks. That's what that's what I'm expecting, right? Not necessarily Smog, Reading, maybe Reading, Smog, but yeah, sure. those three teams. Yeah, I think, that, I think we're pretty solidly in, in those three, which, as I said, means that there is an automatic spot for third place in the cup. So... Uh, Oxford playing against Smog 2. I imagine you'd be backing Oxford for, for taking that spot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are going to destroy that game. Absolutely no questions asked. All right, there we go. So 
the loser of that will play against the bottom team in the league. So uh, at this point, I mean, Glasgow obviously have got several games to go. It's still early in their season, but the fact that they've um, lost to Birmingham, I think, gives us an indication that they might be the team that's going to be playing against the loser of that, that game. But uh, listen, as we've said before, weird things happen. It's one day. You said earlier that um, games are won very early, and certainly the people I've had on this podcast have been saying the same thing. If you go down to an early deficit, it's really tough to pull it back because it's not as though you're warming up throughout the course of the day. This isn't a tournament like we're used to. If you don't start quickly, you don't really come out well at the end of it. No. So I will say this. I've done some calculations. If Glasgow beat Deep Space, Birmingham finished bottom. If Glasgow win by more than five, I think Glasgow should move up to fourth. We will just assume things are going like that. And we'll say it's Glasgow in that spot for now. But just to tell you, like, that's how close it is, how much things could swing around between these three teams. It really is just that Glasgow deep space game. You'd expect it to go to deep space, but if it does go the other way, things get interesting quickly. And then that would mean that uh, given that there's an extra spot for the cup, the quarterfinal game to go between Leeds and Cambridge is basically a, a seeding game to see who plays who. Still up in the air as to who they'd be playing, but realistically, I think we're expecting the loser of that game to play against Deep Space and the winner to play against Birmingham. So it's going to be tough. And I think, as you mentioned, I expect Cambridge to win that Leeds game. I think they're probably good enough to do so. And whoever they're crossing against, be it any of those three teams, is going to have a really, really tough game on their hands. Yeah, I was uh, sending, I was messaging Glasgow and I said that they may have actually pulled the big brain play by losing that game because I genuinely think a full strength Cambridge could hold their own against Smog 2 in Oxford and potentially beat us on any given day as well. So we may be in an interesting position where it's more advantageous to finish sixth in the league than fifth because uh, good luck against a full strength Cambridge side. And I don't think it's unfair to say I saw the Deep Space Birmingham game. I myself would put Deep Space a fair bit of a margin above Birmingham. So that Cambridge Leeds seeding game is going to be very, very important because the loser has to play deep space. And speaking as a team that was very nearly in that bracket, that is not somewhere you want to be. I agree. I think I, I talked last week about the importance of this weekend and how it might make deep spaces more season a little more difficult. It might be a little bit of a make and break for their for their league season. But at the end of the day, you look at the teams that are here and how they're all performing. And I think deep space is still the third best mixed team in the country. You know, Hux are not really obviously not going to be playing at nationals so i think you know playing against deep space in your crossover game is, is a rubbish matchup for anybody so um i'm now, sure the teams are going to try and avoid that now sean you have slandered lemmings enough when are you going to start giving them the respect by putting them in that conversation never you know, we're, you... we're going to smash them we're going to prove to them that cows are better than lemmings and then i'll never need to respect them ever again is that final i, I couldn't see on the schedule when is it when is that final actually going to be played? Because that is the weekend. That is the weekend of the seventh of August. Is when. Also, oh, it's the same weekend as everything else. It, yeah. It's kind of weird. The final, I think, is going to be one of the least anticipated games because there's no national spots on the line. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of easy street, but I suppose it's a thing that's never happened. Trying to get some silverware, but uh, yeah, you're right. There's a little less at stake than some of the other games. Yeah, but um, yeah, we'll, we should try and get a stream of that one then. We should try and uh, you know hype up the national cup final for the. The best teams that weren't selected in the top six. That would be helpful because I'm not there either. <laughs> so uh, it'll be helpful to see how that game goes. But Sean, are you actually playing her this season? <laughs> I are am. you sure? <laughs> I am. But uh, the, my social calendar has 
intersected poorly with the competition structure this year. So I'll be next. I'm just hearing excuses every week. Like I, it's it's not coincidence at this point. <laughs> it's not. It's really not. Everyone else is doing all the hard lifting, and I'm just talking all the smack. So, uh, but that is a, that is a dynamic that I am comfortable with. So certainly, long may it continue. All right. So that is the structure. That's what's happening. Uh, I've talked enough uh, smack about Lemmings. We should probably hear from them, given that they have had a great season so far. So I have spoken to. Their captains, Nathan Sanders and Megan Daly. So here's what they have to say and kind of how they're looking forward to the to the final against Hurt. So I am joined now by the two captains of Lemmings Mixed, Nathan Sanders and Megan Daly. How are you both? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, very well, thank you. So first of all, congratulations on reaching the final of the, uh, of the Mixed Cup. Uh, I'm afraid I'm to inform you that you're going to be losing in that uh, in that final because uh, you're obviously playing my team. But uh, so far, it's been obviously a, a great season for you. So to go back to kind of the beginning of it, how was it that you prepared for the season? Um, as I said to everyone else and everyone else across the country is aware, it's been it's been a strange one. So what was the beginning of the season like for you? Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, I think we are quite fortunate that we have uh, quite a large playing community, quite local to where we are. So... Uh, we've been this year training twice a week through the winter this year, actually, we would normally train indoors. So we wouldn't do any outdoor training through uh, October until around Easter time, probably. Uh, obviously, that's not been possible this year. So we've continued training outdoors twice a week for the for the whole period. Uh, and I think that's really uh, given us a big boost this year compared to where we would be normally you know, playing a tournament every weekend and kind of forgetting that the tour season was there until last minute, being able to sort of work all the way through. Uh, and all of our trainings are mixed. So we're kind of always in the zone uh, and have been since the, the first lockdown lifted uh, to let us come back to play. Yeah, in some ways the lockdowns almost helped because obviously at the beginning we came out of what the first lockdown and we weren't really able to do anything except sport so it wasn't like people had to weigh up like do I want to go to training or do I want to go to the pub it was well training's all I can do and then obviously people have been stuck inside for so long so everyone was really raring to go and they're like training twice a week really was something to look forward to. So you, you see in all the sessions that you have in mixed, you're obviously in the, the mixed final, but you're also in the open quarterfinal as a club. Uh, was the, your focus as a club has been mixed and you kind of picked that team or were the individual players allowed to kind of choose which one they prefer to play? How does the, how's the setup work there? Uh, well, no, we, we haven't actually specified a focus as a club. Uh, we came in uh, to the season with sort of both, with, with everyone that we had and we kind of looked at the numbers uh, and it just worked out that we... We were very confident we could field a really strong mixed team. Uh, and then just kind of looking at our numbers, we, we knew we could field both. We didn't tell people which one to, to put in for. People have uh, kind of put in for both. It just happened that obviously mixed was first this year, uh, which meant that we had to make a, a small selection for the first mixed round. But I think really the driving force behind uh, a lot of our players choosing mix is just the women that we've been able to main, uh, retain. Uh all of our women that we, we played with uh, in the 2019 season and actually had a really good run, won uh, a few of the, the second tier mixed tours. Uh, I think that just really gave our, our mixed team a really good buzz about it. Uh, and although uh, Spice have formed and have been really competitive nearby, we've not actually suffered the losses that perhaps we might have expected to suffer in the 2020 season. 
we've just been able to build and uh, and add in players really rather than trying to replace. I think that having such strong women uh, there really does drive the competition on the guy side. So you know you're you're not looking uh, for pickups at the last minute as sometimes happens with mixed talk. So uh, the, the potentially losing them to Spice and being able to retain them leads me to the other thing I was interested in. You have a few players who in previous seasons, both male and female, who might have gone to clubs like Emo or Birmingham or something else like that and, and not played with Lemmings. I know I played with Lemmings at the very beginning of my career, um, probably before both of you started playing. And uh, I know they had a lot of people who trained with Lemmings and went and played for other people. How Do you think the pandemic has helped keep those people around or is it the progression of the club that's helped keep those people around? What do you think has been the, the big factor there? I think like Nate mentioned, like our last regionals that we were able to play up in York um, that season, we had a pretty good season. We won, like Nate said, a few things and regionals was a bit of a disappointment for us. But I think like at that point, we kind of realized that Lemmings, if we stuck together a little bit and trained like as a team more regularly and like we had those goals that we actually could be a competitive team in the mix and, and in open, but a lot in mixed given that we train mixed but it was more just going into the season being like well we're gonna we're gonna make the most of this this whole pandemic time we're gonna train together with these people that are for the most part in the area um and like we're gonna have these goals to go out to win all our games to play and like to make nationals which we have done now so we have to see where it goes from there yeah i, I think you're, you're definitely right the the, the draws of other nearby clubs like um, uh, Emo especially uh, have we've had players you know because historically if they've been a, a top six club really eyeing up those those Euro spots uh, and it's hard to, to pull players away from that uh, players get to a certain point in their career and they and they see that the, they set their sights on Euros and that is uh, I mean you, you've got to respect that uh, players want to take things to the level they, they think they can and I just think the difference that we've had this year is we had enough people commit to uh, Lemmings early on uh, and say that regardless of what happens with clubs like Emo or uh, anyone else, that we're, we're in for, for the season. It's obviously been a season where cross-city trainings have been a lot harder. I know Emo especially have been hard struck by a few uh, little self-isolation periods. Uh, and just being able to train regularly and have that uh, intensity of training, I think, it's taken that uh, lust from other players of moving elsewhere and actually building in the club that they have around them uh, is now the priority. So in the mixed division, uh, particularly, you're, you're obviously in the final. So uh, how have you found the competition structure, the kind of one slash two games a day and, um, you know, competitive games in a kind of different format than we used to? How's it been for, for you and kind of the rest of the team? Uh, I, I think actually... The, the competition structure itself uh, is is nice. It, it works a lot for other sports. I think ultimate potentially, there's just not enough teams to be able to make it work too efficiently. Uh, we had no R zero game, which then saw that we were going to to Bristol just for the one R one game, uh, which was a little bit frustrating on our end. There's quite a lot of tra traveling for one game. Uh, fortunately, we were able to build that into a friendly as well, uh, so we did get two games out of it, but. The, the last sort of minute nature of it meant that we couldn't really plan for much more than uh, just the two games on the one day. It does feel like the the sort of the value of playing time to traveling time has gone down dramatically on 
what you'd expect from a normal tour season. Uh, you're having to be a lot more selective on your teams because uh, you now don't need 25 players for one game. Actually, at tour, 25 players would be of a good advantage, but for one or even two games, it actually end up being a disadvantage, players not being engaged in the in the game. So it's been harder on that front uh, to kind of make sure you're getting the, the right balance on the team as well as get, getting enough value for, for players-wise that people want to actually travel for their one game or travel for two games, uh, especially last weekend in Leeds. We knew that was a, a two-and-a-half-hour journey each way. Uh, we managed to negotiate a late 11 o'clock start, uh, which, you, you know, is still having players get out at 7 a.m., uh, to go to Leeds for two and a half hours to play three hours of frisbee. Uh, I don't know if it suits. I'd like to see something in the future where these Challenge League games or other things were built sort of into regional hubs so you could play your three games in a day a little bit more local than having to go cross-country for one or two games. Yeah, it's definitely been tough to make sure we are going to have the attendance for like every single weekend. Obviously, when you have you know, you play maybe two tour events and then, you know, your big events, you know, you're only asking really for a couple of weekends commitment, but now it's been like almost every weekend, given that we do have open and mixed going. Um, so it like on the attendance side, just keeping people keen and being like willing to play that one game, for example, is tough. And then also just on the admin side of it, trying to organize like, all your players getting to like a certain location. And then obviously we got hit with one of like a COVID isolation on the open side and had to reorganize all of that. So it's just trying to really keep on top of everything, make sure you're giving people as much notice as possible. But obviously given the situation, like it's a decent compromise, but probably like Nate said, not something that we'd want to continue exactly how it is for the next few years. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, you know, everyone's going through kind of similar things, particularly the the value proposition in travelling for so long to get two games in. I think that's the kind of the, the big thing that's definitely been facing this particular competition structure. But in terms of this season, so you got to the final, you're definitely qualified for nationals now. Obviously, I'm, I assume your aim is to win to win the final. If not, then that probably bodes well for us. But in terms of like when you're going to nationals and all that kind of stuff, where how high do you think you can go? Like, do you have any particular aims or is it just go to nationals and see what happens? Uh, we set a very simple goal, like a very, uh, and was something that we thought was definitely achievable for this year, which was to qualify for nationals in the mixed division. Uh, we, we we saw the the semi final quarter final draw, and we thought actually this has ended up being quite tough for us to to do this. But so we knew we knew it was two games. We knew if we got through those two games, mission accomplished. So that's kind of the mentality we took into that. Uh, get through the first one and that gives you three bites of the cherry. Uh, so coming off that back of the Leeds win, uh, we felt really good. We knew we'd given ourselves the best chance uh, and could actually then just go and lay it all down in front of Smog and uh, see how it dealt. Uh, that obviously fell our way. We were very, very hyped with that. Uh, I've, I've never shouted so much in my life uh, <laughs> during that game. It was, it, it felt, it, it, it felt like we were playing for a lot more than what it was. It like, it, it really meant a lot to us as a club to actually put that stamp out on, I think, a division that I, I'm happy to admit that I assumed Smog 2 would, would win that cup. <laughs> uh, and I, I think a lot of other people did. So to actually come off the back and surprise ourselves or surprise myself, uh, I, I think it's just really amazing. So as far as 
goals for the season went, that was the one that we set ourselves. Coming into nationals, obviously, we're going to start to adjust. Uh, and I think really we're aiming for the same thing that everyone else is aiming for now. Uh, it's a Euros qualification event. It's a world qualification year. You know, we're not, we're not setting any uh, outrageous standards for ourselves. We're not going to be kicking ourselves in the in the heels when we if, if we don't make it. But that's the, the sights we're setting now is how high can we go? How do we qualify for the next event? That's that's where we're looking. Yeah, I think from a team standpoint, just coming into every single game, you know, ready to come out strong, give it our all, regardless of who we're playing. And I think like that mentality helped us in both the Leeds game and the Smog 2 game. And I think obviously with Euros and Worlds and stuff, but coming into every single game with that mentality and that'll give us the best shot we have. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. I, certainly from, from our perspective as well, obviously qualifying in the final as well. There's no point not going into nationals thinking, well, let's give it a go. Is a uh, now you're there, might as well give it a go. The other, the other, the thing I wanted to talk about, I suppose, is the the makeup of the club and kind of where the club might be going. You have a lot of young players. It's a fairly young squad. Uh, you're in the Open Quarter Final. You're one of maybe three or four other clubs. There's Bristol, Reading, and Smog as well that are competing strongly in in more than one division. Where where does the club go from here? I mean, is it is this kind of youth movement, this link with local schools and all that kind of stuff? Is this going to help push you on for future years? Is it going to help push you into other divisions? You know, what's the is there any discussion about what might come in the future? Or is it just kind of taking each year and trying to bring in as many of these really talented young players and integrate them into the systems that you've got? What's the I suppose, yeah, what um what's the grand plan is the question. Uh, I, I think it, it probably seems from the outside that Lemmings have popped up nowhere. Uh, uh, and, and that's not an unreasonable uh, thing to be thinking. Uh, but I, I think this is something that's been kind of building uh, locally for a while. Uh, there's hats off to Ali Darren, who uh, doesn't play much at the moment, but he is responsible for five, six, seven generations of Ultimate uh, players that have come through from a local school, the Evolution team and are fed directly into Lemmings. I, myself, am one of those. Uh, and these incredible uh, juniors that we've got at the moment uh, are a result of his time that he's been putting in for countless years. And he doesn't actually ever really see the, the full appreciation for what he gets. Like the the level that he pushes these juniors to uh, from his, you know, two hours a week at school. Uh, and then they go on to represent uh, GB in the junior divisions. And then, onto us and that I think without that we would really struggle to be where we are now uh, be able to field these these strong competitive mixed teams uh, and even just pushing through competitive ultimate in the area uh, having a constant stream of players in because Leamington itself and the surrounding area isn't isn't London and it's not Manchester or Bristol where you've got lots of young people moving in who have heard of the sport uh, having that, that trickle feed isn't, isn't, it isn't much. It's not many players every year, but it's enough just to keep the competitive juices going, keeping new people coming in, the breath alive. Uh, and I think that's really massive for us is that, is that connection. Uh, and it's something that we actually as a club this year, especially have now started to take a little bit more on ourselves to say, actually, we're not just holding our hand out for these things. Uh, and we have started running uh, since the last lockdown ended uh, a beginner session at our training. So we have our main training on a Monday and a beginner's training also on a Monday. So tell your friends, get them to come along. Uh, and that's how we're now trying to get the sort of the younger juniors in that 
might not thrive so well in the main session, but actually now they're coming along and there's four or five uh, juniors that we're getting along very regularly at the moment in the younger age group who are budding stars. They're going to be fantastic in two or three years time. They're going to be the people that are really leading this Lemmings team. Uh, so I, that's what we're doing in the, in the current season at the moment is just really nurturing what we've got, uh, kind of realizing where our strengths are uh, and then just, just building. We've got a good relationship with Warwick University and Coventry University. Uh, we're having players come to our trainings, traveling for an hour just to get there because that, that they feel the value is there. And that's really what we're trying to put out is trainings with value and what can we give back to the people that are giving back to us? I don't know what you think, Meg. Yeah, I think exactly what you said. I think we came into this season kind of looking to build on, you know, the player base we have. We've tried to be really, really welcoming and like encouraging to people who've joined this year. And like Nate said, he's so Nate set up all the beginner stuff and he's done a really good job of encouraging not just the juniors he was mentioning, but there are like some relatively older people who, who are just starting frisbee as well and they're coming to that regularly um so being like really really engaging and welcoming to them and then obviously because we are doing well on the competitive side in both mixed and open it's encouraging people to travel a little bit further you know when they're debating oh do you want to go to brum or do you want to go to um emo or that kind of thing being like oh you know what lemming is actually a good option and they've got good trainings and like nice people and we want to stay so it's kind of drawing on that as well so obviously the better we do the better for us it is yeah certainly i mean talking about the the um the beginner stuff and uh, the evolution you know i suppose kids coming through like, liam reddy was evolution wasn't he and yeah he, liam was one of the one he of was the coming through when I was, that, yeah uh, he was coming through when i was playing lemmings so that was i mean i've been playing 15 years and i played for lemmings about 13 years ago so uh, I mean, Liam must be, I don't know, 30 now. He must be around there. So he's been around a while. Yeah, not far off. Yeah, yeah. Liam's actually moved up to Nottingham now. So we, we lost Liam in the last uh, 18 months. But yeah, he's been... He played know, the last season we had with us at regionals. So. Yeah, and that, and that just shows, yeah, through 12 years we've had, uh, I couldn't even put a number on it, the amount of, the amount of players we've had through that cycle that uh, have not only played, but come in and been part of leadership and coaching and, sort of bringing on other people like it's been fantastic great well um like i said before congratulations on the season so far i'm sure we'll you know see how see how the final goes uh and look forward to seeing you at nationals certainly and uh, nice work on all the all the development work you're doing in uh, in limited as well so thanks very much for talking to me thank brilliant you. thank you very much see you on the field see you then. All right, thank you very much to Harry for talking about the mixed division there and thank you very much to Nathan and Megan for talking about Lemmings and to you for listening. As I said before, we have uh, the open and women's section coming shortly, so stick around for that. But until then, I will speak to you soon.